Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know when you're having a special season, this is how, Steve. I got into my car from One Buck Place and at that time Um, I turn on the Rays game, and they're losing two to one, which then becomes three to one. It's about the fifth inning, and you know they they've made some questionable plays in the field, let a ball drop, that sort of thing. hadn't hadn't had but like three hits, I think, at that point. And even though it's like in the fifth inning, the the, the mood was somber, right? I mean, you have Jeffrey Springs going out with some kind of ulnar nerve issue. Uh, which never sounds good, and you know Kevin Kelly's in the game and he's trying to, you know, trying to keep the score close and everything. <laughs> and then before I can get to Dale Mabry, <laughs> they erupt for seven runs. And not only do they erupt for seven runs, this this is the coup de grace, as they say. Bases loaded, okay, two outs, pinch hit, Manny Margot. And he wait, he did what? He put down a bunt for a base hit? First of all, who bunts with two outs and the bases loaded, let alone off the bench as a pinch hitter? Nobody does that. And well, yet he did it hold to on. perfection. Let me clarify. In the last thirty five years <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Twenty one <laughs> players have bunted for a single with two outs while the bases were loaded. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here they thirty five years. Yeah. However, <laughs> Manny Margot is the first Rays player to do so and the first pinch hitter to do so in the last 35 years. That's what I'm saying. They told the man to grab a bat and pinch hit with the bases loaded, right? And they had not separated that game at that point. Mm-hmm. And he he drops a bunt, like I think on the first pitch, if I'm not mistaken. And surprised his manager. Yeah, well, he surprised a lot of people. <laughs> what was the crowd? 21,000? He surprised every one of those people, too. Good Lord. I hate to say it. And it turns out, you know, that bunting, of course, is the great lost art of baseball. But what the hell? They've they've taken away the shifts. They've, you know, sped up the clock, and we're going back to the old school. What a brilliant, stupid play that was. If it hadn't worked, you'd have just been kicking them. But um, that's when you know you're going well. And before it's over, they score seven times. They separate the game. And they've now won 13 in a row to tie a major league record that, as you said before we came on, the Rays are leading Sports Center. When has that happened uh, when they weren't in the World Series? Uh, the last time I can remember them leading Sports Center is when Brett, uh, Blake Snell was pulled in game six. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Not even the Brett Phillips airplane move, you know? It was, that, was that. that was a couple games before that, so yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, jeez. You, listen, if you're the Red Sox, oh, hell, if you're any team at this point, if you're Toronto and they're coming to your town, what 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 must you be thinking? Like, these guys can't be for real. And they're, you know, more home runs. 
Um, yeah, still I think 32, Ramirez, 32 home runs, giving up 30 runs on the season. Stupid. Harold Ramirez just hit another double, by the way. Every time the guy got up, he was lacing one down the line somewhere. It It's just they're playing incredible. And, and they did not, like I said, they did not play a tight baseball game. Now, at some point, okay, you keep losing starting pitchers. This can't be good. I mean, if I know one thing about the Rays, it's that they have a really good rotation, and within no time at all, two guys are having Tommy John surgery. I mean, that's that's fear, it seems like, every year. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, like I said, Kevin Kelly comes in. I mean, they they push their way through it. How about Brendan Lau, a home run in five straight starts? Dude, that guy. It's stupid good. I don't know what. He he can carry you, and he has carried teams for a month. But, like, he he's not a fast starter in general, like, to seasons mm-hmm. to postseasons for sure. And um, But the other night he came in. They brought a lefty in, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good move because he's going to struggle with left. that first pitch up the middle. You know what also is happening? No offense to to uh, you know to to the <laughs> the radio play by play guys, um, because it's not their fault. They can barely get back from commercials. These these mm-hmm. games are so sped up that I have to, I have to see. Like if I'm listening to a replay, I mean, is Andy giving a replay here? Um, the other night, so Lau walks up there and, and he's going to. He's going to pinch hit against the lefty. And before they get back from commercial, base hit up the middle. Brandon Lau jumps on the first pitch. Like, wait, is this is this a replay? Like, what? No, this actually just happened. Um, yeah, he's on fire. He is on fire. I mean, he hit 39 a couple of years ago. You just got to keep him healthy. And, then, I mean, they're position players. They've had a couple guys go out. But for the most part, they're hanging in there. But, man, everybody is bashing the baseball and and now it's a thing, right? Like it's it's beyond a thing. You've tied the major league record. You have a chance to break it now for the for the most wins to start a season. I mean, think about that. We've been playing baseball a minute now, mm-hmm. but to, to go out there and win potentially, you know, you got thirteen. Try to get fourteen. Um, I think the major league record at any point in the season is what twenty. It's twenty two, I, I believe. The Indians did 22? that a few years ago. Actually, oh, I forgot right. about You're that. Right. It was I a, a listener. They broke the A's record. Yeah, one of our listeners uh, tweeted at me of that. Yeah, because we mentioned that the other night. So the Indians did twenty-two. Okay, well they got a ways to go for that. But man, oh man, what a uh, and the excitement! When was the last time they had twenty-one thousand on a Thursday afternoon when school was still in session? We're not in the summer yet. This isn't summer camp day. Well, they all went for a history lesson today. <laughs> yeah, they did. They got one for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're making history every day. I mean, you know, and Kevin Cash, God bless him, he just doesn't want to say, doesn't want to say anything, man. Like, yep, pretty amazing. Congrats to all the guys. You know, let's keep it rolling. But uh, it's it's really something. And who knows where the season will end? I mean, so much of this, right, is demolition derby, and we talked about you know the war of attrition. It's such a long season. Um, but why is it that every time they do something, I'm reading about the St. Louis Maroons? So let me let me drop you another stat then. And I, then I'll get into the St. Louis Maroons because I did some research. Right. Mm-hmm. The Rays have trailed at the end of, of just six out of 117 innings this season. Six. They're the third team all time to trail at the end of six or fewer of their first 117 innings of the season. Joining the 84, 1884 Gotham's and the 1884 Maroons. That must that had to be a hell of a year for baseball. By the way, the Maroons teams. didn't trail in any of their first thirteen games. 
Uh, and, and he pointed the inning. The Gotham's did six, and the Rays six times. Mm. But the Maroons, they weren't actually in Major League Baseball in 1884. No. They were in the Union Association. You remember that. Yeah, the Rival League, yeah. Yeah. So, which actually folded at the end of the 84 season. And then they joined, the, no National, one wanted to play they the, joined the National League. They were the only team to continue past that 84 season. Wow. But they won the championship. They went 94-19 and 19 that year. With a run How'd differential, a run differential of four hundred and fifty-eight. How they lose nineteen? It's a miracle. Not sure, but I like some of the nicknames of the teams. By the way, we were going the through the teams. This. Yeah, yeah. The Cincinnati Outlaw Reds. So there were Reds. There were Outlaw Reds before the Reds. Is well, that what we're? Uh, no, no, there was Reds or Red. Le- it may have been the Red Legs back. Red then. Legs, right? Yeah, yeah. There was also the Boston Reds in the Union Association. Wow. There was the okay. uh, Baltimore Monumentals. I like that name. That's kind of nice. Altoona Mountain Cities. Come on, that's beautiful. The Wilmington Quick Steps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want the hat. The Philadelphia yes. Keystones. Okay, makes sense. Chicago and Pittsburgh shared a team. It was the Chicago Browns slash the Pittsburgh Stogies. Stogies are okay. You know, there yeah. used to be the. Um, uh, prior to the Tampa Tarpons, let me. I'm trying to think if I get this right. My dad played what was then the Florida International League, mm-hmm. and um, they were the St. Pete Saints, and it was the Tampa Smokers. Yes, sure was because they, you know, they rolled cigars in in uh, Ybor City and stuff. So they were the, mm-hmm. the, the team, the precursor to the what was yeah. then the Tarpons, which was Cincinnati's farm team. Precursor to that, and in what was then yeah. not the Florida State League, but Florida National League, was the Tampa Smokers. I believe the Rays did a throwback like shirt jersey to that a couple yeah, of years ago and right. took the cigar out of the logo. Oh, they took it out? Yeah. <laughs> Which it's called the Smokers. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. It makes no sense. I think the uh the you know, the organizations that are against smoking. The smoking's bad for you. We can't endorse yeah. cigar smoking. Yeah. Those are great names. And and they would be great to have, like, uniforms from those yeah. days. They had the St. Paul Saints, I mean, which actually still exists as a They still exist in a minor league today, way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's the same one, but the name does it. The right. Milwaukee Brewers right. were part of that. The Union oh, Association. Were. You remember that in 1884. I've always thought the Brewers are one of the best names in baseball. It certainly fits Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah, I like some like of the, the names of the players too. Order Schaefer. Order. Or so had to be a judge. orator. 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 Yeah. Or orator. Like he was an yeah. orator, so he stood up there and talked. Buttercup Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you fill me up? Sleeper Sullivan. Good. Sleeper Sullivan. He was also nicknamed Old he, Iron Hands. When he came in, it was lights out. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, earned the nickname Sleeper because of his unfamiliarity with Pullman sleeper cars in an era when baseball teams traveled by train. Oh wow! Well, th- that actually makes sense, but not in the way that I would have thought of it. Not really sure why I went down this whole rabbit hole, but you know, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's because it's fantastic. That's why. I mean, they, they're going to have to have at some point if this continues. They're going to have to have. A Maroons night at the drop or something, man. <laughs> well, Pat Maroon throughout the first pitch or something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See? We could do this. We we should be hired 
as part of the as part of the Rays engagement team or marketing team or whatever. It's around Idaho Maroon Night. Everybody wear your maroon shirts. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's it, listen. You can't make this stuff up what they're doing. I can't believe here's what I don't believe in a sense. Like there's really no rationale for this is like the home runs, man. How are, how are they hitting so many home runs all of a sudden? They're on a pace that's like unprecedented and and and, and here's the thing. It's predominantly the same guys who didn't hit home runs a year ago. Now you got some healthy yeah. dudes, right? I mean, Lau is one of them, but they're on pace for 399 home runs. I'm guessing that would be a major league record. I, I, would, I would think so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe the 75 Reds did it or something. I don't know. But it's it's just the numbers. Uh, but the other night they had played less than 10 games or 10 games. They, they had already scored 100 runs. You know, they're basically outscoring their opponents like 10 to 3 every game. Something like that. Let's see. The four, most home three. runs in a season by a team. 307. Hmm. The 2019 Minnesota Twins. The Yankees wow, hit 306 that, that year. The Astros hit 288, and the Dodgers 279. Don't tell me the ball wasn't juiced. <laughs> yeah, it was. Astros also knew what was coming. Wow, that too. But yeah, I I have said this. I think I told. I think I said this on the podcast. If I didn't, I said it to my TV, so it counts. The 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 loaded ball is back. <laughs> it's back, man. They wound that baby a little bit tighter this year. You know how they, you know, made the pizza boxes for bases and mm-hmm. took away the shift and put the pitch cock in. They said, hey, one more thing. Tighten those baseballs up, will you? Just a little bit. Make a little Super Bowl again. Because that ball, those balls are flying out of the park. Balls that don't. And here's how you know it, too. Is like, well, are they, they flying out or is it just for the Rays? Because the Rays pitchers have given up what? Like Very no few. home runs? Yeah, well, yeah, almost no runs. But let me, yeah, let me, no let me pull runs. this up here. Pitching, home runs. Let's sort this. I don't mm-hmm. want team. I don't want team. I want individual. You still have to hit the ball, though. I mean, that's the key before it'll go out. The Rays have given up six home runs. Okay. In 13 But, games. again, if, if you got swing and miss stuff, it, it's still got to have yeah. contact before it can fly out of there. But that pitching is that good; they can throw anything up there. Yeah, the uh, the A's have given up the most at twenty five. Yeah, the A's pitching is god awful. They can't get the ball over the plate, and when they do, it's gone. But what a, what a what a fun start to a season! It, it was an unexpected too, right? Like you're like, well, I don't know what the Rays are. Pitching's pretty good, but you know, we'll see. What, and then, well, it's, sure, you it's don't crazy play. that it's the bats leading the way when all off season right. it was we need to add a bat, and they didn't. Couldn't right. come to terms with anyone. Couldn't find one. At least at the price Stop, they're willing though, to pay. I think we said this. Stop with the false narrative that, oh, everybody said they needed a bat. They said they needed a bat. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They, they were looking for one. Yep. I mean, they they admitted, like, well, we kind of failed there. We just got to hope that our guys get better. Yep. Everyone thought they needed a bat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes the best trade you make are the ones you don't make, and then all of a sudden – Guys are lighting it up. But, you know, the Josh Lowe's and, and, and the dudes that have taken that, ex, that other step, um, it's a deep lineup. They're swinging it both sides of the plate. I mean, Brandon Lau, my gosh. And they, have a, they have a five-game lead in the division. 
Just five? Feels like they should and have 13 a 13 games. In two weeks, a five-game lead. It's not bad. It's not bad. You're already 13 over 500, man. You uh, you got some house money there. You know, I don't know how many more 10-game winning streaks you're going to have throughout the year, but um, that's that's a nice that's a nice start. Well, I mean, like I said, they're they only going to have with one. It's going to be a 162-game winning streak. I mean, come on. <laughs> when the over the over is still in play. I tell you what, man, win, win, one set. I mean, here's I keep, my fear. I keep hearing everyone saying they've got to lose a game sometime. I'm like, why? Well, why do they have you to? Don't. Yeah, you can only play one every day or one at a time, so they don't have to lose all. They don't have to lose any of them. Um, they're playing Toronto. Kevin Kiermaier's in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how this ends, right? I mean, it ends, it ends with Kevin Kiermaier pulling one back over the wall. And then, you know, wrapping a a home run down the foul pole or something like that in the ninth inning, doesn't it? I mean, isn't it? Because the Rays are so hot, even the former Rays feel it. Well, e- either, up- either that or it ends with Kevin Kiermaier striking out, trying for a home run down three in the ninth with nobody on base. Well, that would be a very Kiermaier-like thing to do. But- How about Yu Chang the other night? Sacrifice bunting down yeah, two. Yeah, what was that? Or, or that? whatever, or trying to bunt. Trying yeah. to bunt for a base hit, I think. They gave him a sacrifice or something. Yeah. I don't know. What They're that. down like three. Yeah, you don't you don't give up an out in that situation. Yeah. Or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact situation, but it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I know he hadn't no, had a hit this year, and that was probably, he was probably just trying to do something different, but. Yeah, trying to get on, trying to do anything to get on. But he, but he uh, yeah, you get, wound up just giving up an out, which you, you can't do. But I think the Mar- the Margot thing too made no sense. Like, it's great that it worked. It's fantastic that it worked. It, mm-hmm. It's surprised everybody because who would who does that, right? Who comes off the bench as a, in a pinch hit, bases loaded, two out situation, and even contemplates doing that? So he had to get it right, and he did. But if he didn't, if he bunted that thing back to the pitcher, and it was just a quick one hop, one to three, you'd be like, what? What, what just happened? Like, what are you doing? But Hey, to the victor goes the spoils, man. It's genius. Real American genius right there. And it's good to know they got one guy that can bunt because bunting is a lost art. But, man, what a, what a start for the race. This is, this is now fun, right? This is a – and I don't care, you know, it's kind of like when the A's, you know, the money ball thing or when teams start going on these streaks, whether you root for them or not, like you root for the streak. Like it's cool. It really is. It's fun to watch history. It's fun to – to see how a team is going to go out there and figure this out and do it again. And like, how long does the vibe last, you know? And if you do lose, or some would say when you lose, like, is that it? Or can you start another streak? Or is it kind of like the air goes out of the balloon? And you're like, oh, What was it like the uh, 82 Braves, I think, lost five in a row after they won their 13? Did they? Yeah. Because you can streak either way. And the 87 Brewers, I think, had a 12-game losing streak in May that year. They were not even 500 at the All-Star. They were under 500 at the All-Star break. That was a big collapse. But I, I think that could happen to the Rays if they keep losing pitchers. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the thing I would worry about. Although they keep bringing up guys like Taj Bradley or Bristow, who got the save today. Bristow was great. We didn't talk about Taj Bradley. Mm-hmm. And they sent him back to Durham. Now, he might be coming back again once once he landed. They might have said, um, Jeffrey Springs went out. Can you come back? 
But what a great story. I, I love these stories where these kids make their major league debut. And I say kid, but he's been kicking around the minors for about four or five years. Um, mom drives down on her birthday from Atlanta. She's keeping – the coolest I, I, thing about the whole thing is she's keeping score. How awesome was that, right? Got the scorebook out, cheering along. And he could not have been, like, more naturally, like, just couldn't stop grinning, right? Like, you felt the joy that he had. Like, yeah, there's a sign me and my mom stood under at the trap when we first were drafted. And, you know, um, to go out there and, and get the win on her birthday and, and throw five innings. And, you know, he's pretty good. He gave up three runs. But he was, he was good. I mean, he's really good, but the just the, the he's so young and the joy on his face. Never forget that day. Couldn't couldn't have gone better. You know, Doug Wechter was there asking him after the game. You remember your first? Oh yeah, I remember everything about it. You know, same kind of thing. Like won the game, and mm-hmm. um, you just I mean, this it's every kid's dream. I mean, and 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 it's better than the dream, right? Like, how, however you dreamed it, this was better. And in a time too where and Cash said this is like, hey, not for nothing, but like not only was a kid making his major league debut at twenty two years old, but you guys are trying to try to keep a streak alive that hasn't been done in a hundred years. And he's like, Yeah, we try not to talk about that part. Um, but that was so much fun just to see the the interview with Trisha Whitaker afterward. I mean, just everything about that was so cool. It was just a it was just a great night, fun night. All right, we got more to come about the Tampa Bay Lightning's, uh, I would say, very productive night uh, in their win, final regular season game. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on an electric bill. We do this all the time. Listen to me now and get a pencil ready because I'm going to give you a number. It's called May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. Now, there's a lot of these other companies that pop up all the time, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long? Well, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation. You get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. They're going to customize that directly to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so all those guys... Putting those solar panels up there, those are Billy Mays guys. You know who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so the Tampa Bay Lightning wrapped up their season. Boy, you talk about checking some boxes, right? So going into the game, Braden Point needs a goal for 50, right? Mm-hmm. Brandon Hagel needs a goal for 30. Alex Kalorn needs a goal to, I think, what, tie his... For, no, his, this passed uh, it. This set a new career high. He had tied it previously. Set a new career record. Yeah, set a new career record in goals. You needed one more for 27 to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, Brian Elliott in net that, look, for all the world, this probably most likely could be his last NHL game that he's in net uh, unless there's an injury to Vassie in the playoffs or something. Yeah, he just turned and 38 and his contract's yeah. up after this season. So you could right. see potentially he could retire at the end of this year. 
could be the end of his career. And he, so he's got his son out there who does the whole lightning dude skating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's on, he's on the ice with him. And then he goes out there and they throws a shutout, you know, like puts up a zero. Like it's so cool. You, they hit every goal. It was incredible. Well, let's also add Mikey Asimont got his first goal as a member of the Lightning. Yes, he did. He's been playing well, by the way. Yeah. The only the only box you would have liked to have checked, and he had an opportunity, was Nick Paul getting a goal because it's been forever since he scored one. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Like, I can't figure – is it just – he's not really taking a lot of shots, first and foremost. I, I but, don't, man, last year – I don't think he looks 100% healthy. I don't know. I don't know anything. Here. I just. I, I. don't think he looks as fast on the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you noticed him all the time when he was on there mm-hmm. last year. My and also, he's been playing this year predominantly in the bottom six forwards. Okay. Where last year he was playing more often in the top six. Yeah. But I just. I don't think he looks as fast. Yeah. I. I, I don't. I don't know anything. Um, and you just, wouldn't know until the season's over. Probably. Yeah, it, but it's just a, an observation of watching him just doesn't look as explosive. Right. Right. Well, there were good – lots of feels. Lots of feels in that game. It was fan appreciation night. Mm-hmm. How about the lady? So is this what they did? Like, I don't know how they came up with the number. They looked like they were throwing shirts out, and then maybe there was a number inside of them or something. Or I don't know how they came up with the numbers, like, that you would draw. How about the lady – that gets 21 on a night. First of all, is Hankel really giving that jersey away? <laughs> he took it off his back? Yeah. That, man, that's, that's that's the one you scored your 50th goal in. I think yeah. I might want that one. You get the, you keep the puck. Yeah, but I, I want it all, man. I'm keeping all my gear. Heck with that. I don't know if I'm going to have another 50-goal season, but she got a, she got a jersey, game-worn jersey on the night that he scored 50 and yeah. 51. Only, what, incredible. the – what third player in Lightning history to do that? Uh, well, t- it's the fourth yeah. time the third player. Lecavier did it twice. No, Stamkos, Stamkos has done it twice. Or Stamkos did it twice. I'm sorry, Lecavier did it once, yep. and yeah, he's he's number four. Mm-hmm. Just the third player, yeah. but yeah, the fourth time. Right, fourth time. Yeah. Yep. In fact, there was only um, five players this year that scored fifty or more. Two scored sixty. Mm-hmm. But I think he's the fifth player this year to score fifty yep. or more. I mean, just it's very rare, and and you're in a club that you're forever in, right? You're like, oh yeah, he's a fifty goal scorer, like you know. So it was cool after he scored it. Dave Michigan does the call, you know, fifty mm-hmm. goals, Brayden Point, uh-huh. and Phil just goes, "Welcome to the club, kid." Oh, that's great! It was, it was pretty. Yeah, cool. It was a pretty cool. It was pretty yeah. cool and out right afterwards, and he, you know, so happy for him, and that's great. You know why he shoots the puck? <laughs> you know, you know what's great about the here, goal? Here's the thing, too, because we Nick, were talking about this prior to the goal. Um, mm-hmm. So he hit 50 goals. And sometimes you think of some cheap goals. Not one empty net goal this season until he got number 51 later. Oh, that game. was his first empty netter of at the 51? Season. Yes. Oh, All wow. 50 goals were either power play or even strength. I don't think he had any shorthanded, so it would have been power play or even strength. And he's had a phenomenal year on the power play. Yeah, he's but had there, like twenty something yeah, on the power. Play. There was not one empty net goal in those fifty. You know it was interesting because I mean, and this was you know going into it, they wanted to get him fifty, and you can always tell you know they're trying to get him the puck and get him get him shots and things like that. Um, but his particular goal was like a rebound. It was like a cleanup thing, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't panic like he had. 
you know, he kind of had the goaltender in a vulnerable position, but he held it, held it, and then made like a tremendous shot across, mm-hmm. you know, across the uh, across the net there, and and just you know, ho hum, kind of put it in, and his immediate reaction was, "Well, I was relieved." But what was cool about it is the reaction on on the bench. I mean, the, the, his teammates. I think Elliot skated all the way down the ice for him. Um, he skated to the bench and, to give him a hug. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, and so. And Braden points one of these guys that, and he, and, he, and you kind of get this when you watch him play. Like, he's not a me first. Like, there's very few of those guys on there. But like, he, I think they said during the during the broadcast, like it might have been the quietest fifty goals you're you're going to see. In that, you know, he's not trying to call for the puck. He's not taking ridiculous shots. Like he, you know, he's just good and selfless, and will do all the dirty things. And you know skated across the blue line and, and, you know, just plays the right way all the time. It's uh, amazing it's so, how overlooked he is nationally. For, for, right. How and, could he be, though? Well, because, it, because, because of too many superstars Stamkos on his team, right? And Cooch yeah. and Hedman and Vazzy. Yeah. You name those four first. Yeah. The light is a little too bright around him. Yeah. You know? and, and so, you know, now I can tell you people around the league, teams. Well, and, they know and, it. Oh, they know Braden Point. Sure they do. They and they would they, they would stop him. Probably try to defend him ahead of some of those other guys. No question. No yeah. question. But like when you if you watch NHL Network or Sports Center or, you know, any TNT's covered, you know, yeah. Braden Point's not the first, second, third, fourth name you're naming on the yeah, He's five, yeah. Five yeah. at best. As far right. as your name. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, but he he can be the engine that drives his team. Oh, for sure. And he's one of the guys. He this year, of course, with any sport, if you're healthy, he he started and played in every game. You know, mm-hmm. it's just hard to do in the NHL, much less a guy mm-hmm. who has the puck as much as he does. Oh, the other box they got to check, and you talk about playing every game. They got to rest uh, Chernak and Hedman tonight. That was big. Yeah, that was good. I think that's really good that they got they got a game off. So it's going to be most likely a week between games for them. Which Sounds like the I Lightning mean, Maple Leafs are going to start on Tuesday. That's not decided yet. Right. And and there's still the Avalanche and Dallas Stars. We don't know who's going to win the Central Division yet. The Avalanche have a, a makeup game tonight. That If they win that, they'll win the Central. If they lose, I think Dallas does. I'm not sure what happens if they lose in, in overtime. Is, is the only matchup still settled Toronto and Tampa, or are there more? Uh, no, the Eastern Conference is all set now. Oh, it is okay. Um, there's only two games tonight, and, and the regular season was supposed to end Thursday night. There's two makeup games on Friday night. Gotcha. Uh, okay. One of them is like Columbus, and another team that's out of it doesn't mean anything. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one is Colorado uh, playing. Uh, okay. th- in the East, it's Boston and Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and then on the other side, it is Carolina and the Islanders, and then it's the Devils and the Rangers. So Eastern Conference is all set. The in the West Devils Rangers that'd be fun. Yeah, in the West, there's like I said, Colorado and Dallas still are deciding who's the number one or who gets the uh, top seed in the Central. Yeah, and and as we're taping this, Vegas is still playing, so that's not settled in the Pacific either. But that will be decided by the time you hear this podcast. Right. Well, they were talking about, um, you know, because they they had lost four in a row. Is that right? Before before this game, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and they were talking about well. 
you know, you want good feelings. And we talked about all the boxes they checked and, and it was, you know, it was a five nothing shutout. But but more importantly, they're like, you know what, that third period is the way we should play. Like we had a really good third period. We we you know, before that they were giving up too many shots. Um, weren't didn't have a lot themselves and they're like, We we played the right way. It, it's in there. It's you know, they know what to do. Um, they know what it feels like, what it looks like. And now you have to commit yourself to that for every playoff series, you know. And when they play the right way, they're one of the best teams in hockey, period. So, but it's going to be tough. Toronto's really good. Um, they were good last year, though, too. But they're still a tough out. You, like I said, until somebody beats you, they're, they've been there three straight years. Someone's got to come through Tampa in the Eastern Conference. And, boy, there's some really good teams, though. I mean, Boston set an NHL record for points. I mean, it's just it's loaded, and Toronto's really, really good. But Toronto has their own playoff demons, right? Like, they... Haven't won a series they, since 04. Yeah, it's crazy. Haven't won a crazy. cup since 67. Yeah. That's all against them, right? Mm-hmm. It just, all, it just, it just piles up. Like you win game one in Toronto, and those sticks Ooh. get gripped awful tight. Ooh. And, and I mean, the, the fans and the media up there, just hockey town, man. They just eat you alive. But So, I'm like I said, I've, I've always thought game seven notwithstanding, if it goes to it, sure, you don't have home ice. I just I've always believed I think there's so much pressure when you begin at home and the expectation is you're going to win it all the home games. And if you lose one of the first two, it's like, yeah, you just didn't hold serve. Now the other team has home ice, you know. So um no problem with the Lightning starting on the road. They've done that. They've done that before many times. And uh even when they take it to a game 7, they're capable of going on the road and winning a game, right? Because there's pressures in Game 7s. We've seen the Lightning lose Game 7s. Um, it's just hard to win. But, yeah, what a, what a great what a great feel-good night because you didn't know. I mean, Hagel got his first, and you figured you needed a power play or two maybe to get point in the right position. But, like I said, the goal he had was just sort of a organic-type goal, right? Like just being in the right place and – skillfully putting it away on a rebound and uh so that that was cool so it's good good night for them good night for the rays obviously i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. As far as the Bucks go, um, Jason Light held his annual disinformation draft campaign press conference. We're, we're not going to tell you a damn thing. Fake news. Uh, yeah. Liars poker, all of that. Um yeah, you can't blame them. What do you want them to say? Who we really want to take? No, we're not no. going to say that. But at least there was an issue to deal with right off the top. And, of course, it could potentially get involved the draft if you were to acquiesce Devin White wanting to be traded. And what you got, I thought, was a skillful sort of a path back for Devin White. You know, they 
listen, the Bucks could have an adverse reaction to this, right? They could say, I can't believe this guy, you know, um, you know, we don't give contract extensions, you know, he's got a fifth year. Like they could play a little rhetoric hardball if they wanted to, but they don't want to, nor should they. Um, Devin White's asked for a trade or his agents asked for a trade or however that goes. And he doesn't want to play for the $11.7 million fifth year option, which is a, which is a big increase for him. Um, so players only have one out, right? It's, it's to withhold their services, right? Demand a trade or withhold your services or both. Roquan Smith did this a year ago with the bears. He, he reported to camp, but didn't practice. And then he finally went to practice. And, and this is where I think this is headed is if it does become sort of adversarial at some point, um, there's another trade deadline in October, you know? And maybe you move him then. That's what happened to Smith. He got moved for a second and fifth round pick and another player. And he wound up going to the Baltimore Ravens and he got his $100 million. But I I didn't sense that the one thing Jason Light did say was like, look, I'm not, we're not holding anything against Devin. Like this is not, you know, we understand he's a great guy. He's a great player for us. He's our player. We want him to be our player. It's like, you know, it sounds like you don't have any intentions of trading him. It's like, absolutely not, blah, blah, blah. And and yet um, it was sort of, you got to the point where Light said something to the effect of, look, if he plays well, right, if he just plays well, then things will happen and everybody will be happy. So I think my information is they're still talking, right? Like they've, they just don't agree on value. They'd like to sign him to a long-term deal, but it also doesn't hurt them because there's still a little bit about Devin White's game that's inconsistent. And before you do commit $100 million to an inside linebacker, which very few teams do, especially teams that had no salary cap room like the Bucks, uh, even though they could probably lower a salary cap number for this year by giving them a long-term extension, you may want to see what he is, you know? But they didn't bring Levante David back to play without Devin White. Like they, here's the thing: the Bucks don't have an answer at that position. They don't have KJ Britt is not going to step in and be Devin White. They'd have to draft a guy, which means they'd have to trade him before the draft if they were inclined to do so, which they're not. Now, could a team come in here and just say, "We'll give you a first round pick," and they go, "Done"? You know, yeah, that could happen. But they're not going to, you know, the the first time you pick up the phone and say. What do you think about Devin White? You've just killed his value, you know. So it does you no good in an organization to acknowledge that. Well, you know, we we're kind of thinking the same thing. As soon as somebody has a conversation with you about Devin White, everybody knows he's for sale, and the value starts to drop. Um, so you don't want to do that. And I genuinely think because there's no bigger cheerleader for him than Todd Bowles. They, of course, they want him back. They need him back. There's not a ton of playmakers on this defense left. You know, Vita Vea led the team in sacks with six and a half. He's a 360-pound defensive tackle, right? The edge rushers haven't done anything for a couple of years, and Shaq Barrett's coming up in Achilles. They've got one guy in the secondary in Antoine Winfield Jr. who got nicked up last year, and they re-signed their two corners, and those guys sometimes miss games. So it's, eh, eh, you need Devin White, and that's what they know. So – They've done a good job. Jason Light did a good job of, 
you know, keeping the roadway open here, giving him a chance to get back. Like, and somebody asked me, I was doing a radio interview with somebody and they said, well, what's going to be the effect of the teammates? You know, like what are, you know, guys a captain, right? Like I don't want to be here. And my thing is there, there is a certain etiquette and it's probably in all professional sports, but certainly in football where if you're a teammate of a guy, right? There's a couple of things you don't become involved in. One is his relationships, you know, with his wife or girlfriend. The other one is his money. No one, no one wants to interject themselves into some other guy's contract talks because you want everyone to make as much money as they can get. And it's like we say all the time, it's not show friends, it's show business. Like this is business. This is the business side, can be the ugly side of professional sports. So, I don't think his teammates, now they'll miss him, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll want to win. They know what he, they know what he brings to the huddle, to the defense. So it's not going to be a pleasant feeling if he's not in camp, uh, if we get to July or, or even OTAs and things like that, but they completely get it. You know, it's, it's just business. And, but I think Jason Light did a nice job of sort of, you know, Hey, let's keep the waters calm here. Let's throw him, give him some flowers, you know. We love him. He's a great guy. He's been a great player. Can't wait to see what he does this year. You know, uh, don't, not mad at him. Don't, don't blame him, you know, for whatever stance he has. Uh, it's not personal. Like, all those things needed to be said, and that's kind of what they said. So, aside from that, um, some other insights, if you want to call him that. We talked about the quarterback position. And Jason said, yeah, you know, I mean, look, the value of the position, you have Kyle Trask and you hope, you hope that he's going to be really good and you, 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 you're counting on him and or Baker Mayfield, right, who has been good in, at times before in his career. One of those guys or both, you want to play really, really, really well this year. But you, we know what the quarterback position is in this league. It's everything. So yes, the the response was if a if a Hendon Hooker um, or another quarterback you know that they like uh, Will Levis or something like that if they're there and and they they deem them worthy of the nineteenth overall pick or or a first round quarterback the message was and it was kind of confusing the way he said it but I think I got what he meant is you know it's one more guy like it's one more chance that you find that franchise quarterback. And in this case, it's not somebody you have to play right away because you have Trask, because you have Mayfield. So especially in the case of Hooker, who's still recovering from an ACL, you could end up with your franchise quarterback of the future but not have to play him right away. So, sure, I, I they would be remiss not to address the quarterback position if it's, if it's staring at them. If they believe in one of those guys when their n- number comes up, that's the biggest value position in in pro football, in any football. So I don't think, you know, they weren't going to say, nah, you know what, we're good at quarterback. Because the other thing is, even if you don't like those two guys or you don't like the guy that's sitting there, you want other teams to think you will because you want value for your pick. You know, maybe someone will come up to 19 or wherever you're at and and give you another first rounder to to take that quarterback thinking, hey, I, or worst case scenario, Teams teams move ahead of you to take them because they think you might. And what does that do? Pushes a better player to you, right? Pushes a better offensive lineman, a better edge rusher. You know, so so there's there's no value in saying you don't want 
to look at quarterbacks, and they've had guys in for their thirty, you know, uh, thirty visits or whatever, thirty player visits. Um, and you know, we'll see. Um, good draft for tight ends. Uh, we talked about the edge rusher a little bit. Um, pretty much what you expect, but you know, no names were exchanged. Uh, we don't know what their draft board says. All of that, but they've been aggressive in the past, and 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 I still think there. I came away with the same feeling that I had going in, which is. If you're just going to handicap what their needs are, it starts with offensive tackle. And this draft reminds me of 2020 where there was about four guys, right, that were first-round tackles. And actually worse was the number fourth guy that come off the board. And the Bucks were at 14, and they were fearful that somebody was going to trade with San Francisco. They have been trying to trade up before that, right, before the 13th pick. And everyone told them no. They shut them down. And they got to the 13th pick, and they were a little fearful San Francisco may take them. But they, they thought somebody would trade up to that spot if they didn't, and they got the 49ers to agree uh, to you know to swap picks, move move down one spot, and then they gave them, a, I think, a fourth rounder. Um, yeah, I think it was a fourth rounder. And they were able to go to 13 and take Tristan Wirfs. And that's the it, it kind of reminds me of that draft that – there's about four guys, right, four, maybe five tackles that are going to go in the first round. And they probably will be getting, you know, the last guy of those four. Um, but it's a good, solid group. And so um, I still think that that's, you know, you always say you're one of the best player, but it's the best player, your biggest position to need. That's tackle. Um, so I, I kind of think that that might be the way they're going. And, uh you know, you don't know that because you don't know how the draft's going to fall. But, and then, you know, if you're okay with three or four other players that are there, then you can move down. Now, one thing they did do on uh, Thursday was they added a veteran uh, offensive lineman in uh, Matt Feeler. And he's a guy that played four years in Pittsburgh, mostly at tackle. And then he went to the Chargers the last two years and he's played guard. So he's that perfect swing guy that can play inside or outside. Uh, you know, he's he's 30 years old. Um, you know, Josh Wells is gone. He's moved back uh, and signed with Philadelphia. But this guy has started, you know, 73 of 78 games. So he's a starting player. He's a solid guy. And they got him for on a one-year deal, which is which is great. So adding a little depth to the offensive line. So, again, you're not hostage to the tackle position. You have – solutions at guard and tackle if the draft doesn't fall your way and I always say this like you want to have a team right now if you don't draft a player that can go out and be competitive and and you've filled those spots so you're not hostage to a position and you've filled those spots to where you you can play you can get by you can play and I think that's kind of what they've done now in free agency with the offensive line but still a big need for them All right, so that's it. Uh, The Rays will begin their series in Toronto, try to set a major league record with their 14th win in a row to start a season. My, oh my, it's going to be going to be great. And you know, every day, Kevin Kiermaier will be hustling, try to stopping them from doing that. Uh, Lightning get a couple days off until next week. Playoffs start Monday. We think the Lightning might play on Tuesday at Toronto, but we'll have to wait and see for that schedule to come out. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. For Steve Burstyn, Gummer Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you on Monday. Imagine. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.